0: Hey everybody, welcome. This is the Ask LFC podcast. Great to be with you today. My name is Harrison. I'm the Worship Arts Director here at Lake Forest Huntersville.
1: And I'm Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church Huntersville and the founding pastor, I guess, of the Lake Forest family of churches. We are a family of churches, but our podcast is for Lake Forest Church Huntersville. Sort of first followers, folks who are leaned in. We're not trying to reach the world with this podcast. We just love talking with our friends about the church that we love. And today, our main subject will be, uh, I'll, I'll just break down a little bit about the children's ministry special um, events that they had during the month of March. And I got to be a part of teaching our children Uh, Two different Wednesday nights. That was just a blast. Um, But it reminds me of the number one biblical principle, which is research-proven, Harrison, (laughs) of how to be uh, a successful shepherd of your child's heart spiritually. as their primary spiritual shepherd but first.
0: Wonderful, but first. Really, the only main thing we want to put on your radar, which is probably already on your radar, but we're going to just say it a hundred times because we're (laughs) thinking about it a million times. Uh, We have uh, Easter weekend coming up here uh, in just a little bit here on April 8th and 9th. On the 8th, Saturday uh, uh, at 5 o'clock, we're going to have our first Easter service. Uh, I love we,
1: that. I have come to really love that. It's really five cool. Five o'clock Saturday evening Easter service. Um, it, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how to say why. There, there's just a unique vibe to it that I super enjoy.
0: There is. I think there's a like a uh, um, an unhurriedness to that night that where I it. think people are just there to yeah. just hang out and it's a little slower and yeah, we I preach
1: for an hour and a half, right. you know, and then I just that's select right. the best thirty minutes out of that for the yeah. next morning. Yeah, we go just we, kidding. we
0: go really rogue on the music. We just start <laughs> we we actually ask people to just shout out songs they would like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and we just do our best okay, to play it. Okay, it's not them. quite that unhurried. <laughs> but no, no, no.
1: It really is uh it, it's it's a chill um, gregarious worship experience I would say and then Sunday morning for Easter we have an 8am I, I need to be sure I put that on my calendar yeah, that's right. um, and a surprising number of folks uh, like that option mm-hmm. at 8am it's practically sunrise I saw a local sunrise service advertised for 7.30am and I'm like you know, I get up earlier than that. The sun's already up. Yeah, that's uh, not sunrise. So eight a.m. is sunrise ish. Yeah, close And then enough. And then nine thirty and eleven fifteen. I, I cannot wait working that's right. on working on the Easter sermon. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I still have a good bit of work to do. I'm not as far ahead as some years. Uh, and Aaron Gibson and Terrell Huntley and I are sharing mm. the writing of this year's Easter sermon that's for awesome. us.
0: That's fantastic. We're excited to share that with you. And um, as Mike, as you've kind of led us in this year, um, a lot of times before Easter or Christmas, we're thinking about, <clears throat> uh, hey, what is uh, who is one more person you can invite uh, to, um, to come discover what God's doing here at Lake Forest Church? And that holds very true, even to a point where we find, Mike, you've led us in fine tuning that coming out of where a lot of people have been in some places of pain and hurt and struggling over the past couple of years and even uh, trying to imagine who is one more hurting person uh, yes. that's in your life that you can invite. And we, we uh, are absolutely dedicated to making this a place that is safe for people uh, who are approaching the spiritual spectrum from about anywhere as a starting point. We want this mm-hmm. to be a place where people can come and explore the claims of Jesus. So you know that if you know us, you know, yeah, yeah. you know what we're going to do and, and we're excited to try and bring our best selves. At I know Easter. who m-
1: my one more person is, uh, for this Easter. Uh, this week will be my time to invite it. It's a new friendship. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably 50, 50 as to whether they will, Used to attend on Easter, but uh, I really like this person, and they are in a, in a hurting place. And I do not know them through our church. Yeah, well,
0: as a as a halfway segue here, Mike, I am excited for this Sunday. Uh, we have uh, kind of the the celebration of all the stuff that uh, God is doing at our church and has has been doing through uh, Welcome One Hundred One, through Sunday morning stuff, through uh, everything that. Uh, is happening over with our fourth and fifth graders mm-hmm. uh, in Kittropolis through um, our, our elder Daryl Leip, who especially kind of leads and spearheads. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we just get that's to... that's the
1: st- age that we hold our Foundations yeah. class with, Foundations of Faith. There will be 27 baptisms this Sunday. That's crazy. I, I'd, I'd have to look back. Uh, we're not great at record-keeping here, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know... We we might have had more than that sometime in in the last 15 years, but that's remarkable. It's a lot. Um, eight or nine of them are infants of parents uh, uh, choosing the covenant sign and seal over their child. Um, the the new covenant sign and seal over their child, um, and then the rest of them are adults uh and uh teenagers mm-hmm. making decisions of faith for the first time there are two different fathers being baptized with their children at the same time that's so cool m- making decisions to follow Christ so that's thrilling um, th- that'll yes yeah, <laughs> that's just great um hey i had a random thing i started this morning with my dentist appointment cl- teeth cleaning and i uh, uh you know i'm still an oldest child people pleaser Typical. I always want them to say, "You've done a good job <laughs> with your teeth. gums and your teeth," and and I got that today. So started oh, my job, day, Mike. with an Affirmation. Thank you. Did they Harris. give you
0: a, a new? You. Did they give you a little sticker and a little new <laughs> toothbrush and toothpaste? No, but it was good enough. A, again, oh, as a as
1: good. an oldest child who just wants to do you know do well, um, yeah. I, I got what I needed from that. Uh, it was almost as good as a quiet time. Well, that's very uh, good. But you know, you've lived in one place a long time if your second dental hygienist that you had for a long time has now retired <laughs> oh boy i just said it was a new hygienist that i had today yep. like wow i've been here a long time 25 years okay. 25
0: years in lake okay, Northern, random. Man. no that's that's fun well i was I was wondering why you look so fresh and spiffy this yeah, morning. So a it's good
1: breath coming across the yeah. The that's uh, good. I was going to mention it, but I, I didn't space. know if it'd be polite. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh. okay, so <laughs> the, the for four Wednesday nights in March, Tropolis, under Kelly Olmstead's leadership, uh, with Whitney and Eliza as our other staff, um, offered what we called. Um, uh, I don't know. Keepers of the kingdom. Keepers of the kingdom. Thank you. Um, and we taught the armor, how to put on the armor of God. And they were very intentional about this subject matter, thinking of, about spiritual warfare today, in today's climate, in today's mental health climate for children. But also, I, I read an article recently um, that was remarking upon examining what we all know and have read the statistics of the steep uh, mental health um, increase, mental health challenges increase increase for teenagers, especially teenage girls. But it was looking at a different angle, Harrison, that a a, a little less spoken, but perhaps maybe one of the main sources of that are the increased um, mental unwellness of adults. Hmm. And particularly this this writer um, speaks at a lot of college campuses and has uh, and hears often from college kids um, reports that that it felt like the last few years, many of their parents, in in their words, sort of lost their minds in terms of falling into a rabbit hole of partisanship Hmm. uh, and or conspiracy. Theories and or ranting and raving about such things at home, and this writer uh, is a conservative writer uh, politically. Uh, was theorizing that perhaps uh, uh, up to half of the mental health challenge, and we know that children's and teenagers' mental and emotional health is profoundly impacted by their parents' state of the same, and and perhaps it's it's been underemphasized the challenges of children and teenagers emotionally and mentally, and we would say spiritually, due to the challenges that adults have been through. In the uh, divisive and polarizing culture that we're in, the pandemic was emotionally and uh, mentally and spiritually challenging for me. Uh, That was very challenging. My sons, if they had been in our home, would have experienced me as a less healthy man, a, a, a more challenged man. So hmm. I think that was really interesting, and I appreciated uh, Kelly and her team choosing the theme of spiritual warfare, warfare. wanting to teach this to younger ch- grade school children because God's Word aren't tells us how to be armed because their challenges are not just coming from outside the home but inside, hmm. uh, in our families. That's just a fact. And so it was a precious Idea and it filled up. I, I'm always sad that we have to cap some things, but we're capped by uh, not really space, but but volunteer power on a Wednesday night because we're not a typical every Wednesday night church yep. program having church. So uh, it was I, I think 90 children uh, every Wednesday night, and they did fun stuff. The kids were just having a ball. I've heard from a lot of of you parents uh, thanking our team. Uh, A lot of volunteers, especially teenage uh, high school boys and girls Mm. who I saw volunteering. And I taught the the lesson the last two Wednesdays. I had so much fun. I came home after both of them. I said, honey. And I was drenched in sweat because I would teach basically that 90 children were broken up into three different age groups. And so they came on. They had rotations. They had worship. They had craft and something else. I don't know what the other thing was they did. Um. But I was the, uh, uh, Eliza led them in worship songs with dance movements, and I would do that with them, and then I would teach. And I'm very kinetic when I teach children. I love it. I came home both Wednesday nights. Honey, I I need to go back to being a children's pastor. I purely love it. <laughs> and I was that for five years in Memphis. Uh gave a children's sermon every Sunday morning at the 9, nine o'clock or 9.30 service. And I just flat loved it. Every Saturday night, I would just, I would just walk around my house or my neighborhood, coming up with an object lesson connected to God's word, and mm. I just had a blast with it. So, and I, I, I invented a little character, Harrison. So I would teach on one part of the armor of God, and then, uh, and then I would. Uh, uh, the first week, I decided to invent a story to illustrate it with a, uh, and I had one of the other leaders be one character, and then I. I would turn my cap sideways and say, I'm Little Mikey. I've I've been in the first grade, and uh, it's good to beat you, and I'm going to tell you a story about me. And (laughs) So I did Little Mikey stories, and a lot of the children are now calling me (laughs) Little Mikey, Mm. which is is great. I love that.
0: I have a sneaking suspicion the reason you like teaching to children is because they are much more vocal and responsive to the things that you say. All you gotta do is just give the littlest lead in and they're all shout now.
1: And you know how you're doing. Like if you suck at being, (laughs) um, if for a (laughs) moment you are not riveting, uh, and on point, they'll just wander and, you know, turn their back on you, stand up and start talking to a friend. Um, so it, it, it's actually good training mm. um, for teaching adults who will be polite, and it takes you a few minutes to see their eyes fluttering mm. in boredom. <laughs> it reminded me that our church is here for the parents of children and teenagers to be the primary partner in the spiritual development and health of your child. We are not the primary shepherd, spiritually, of anyone's child. That is a role that God has ordained for everyone who is a parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, parents at Lake Forest, we pray and exhort to ta- take up that role. That is your role. We are, we are, we are not the outsourcing. We are your primary partner. Um, and, and we do all the things we do to help that partnership, but it's the parent's responsibility. Which reminds me, I I never have time to do this when we're baptizing um, on a Sunday, but uh, every now and then there are parents here who choose to have their infant dedicated rather than baptized, if that's their conviction Mm -hmm. um, uh, of dedication instead of baptism, and and we will schedule that. We don't do it on a Sunday morning, and uh, when I do that, I always uh, have one scripture that I teach, and it's... There is one primary biblical principle for how to be the most effective spiritual shepherd of your child it 's crystal clear there there's actually the the bible doesn 't uh, give a ton of parenting you know it 's not really designed to be super practical. The proverbs are actually mm-hmm. I take that back <laughs> Proverbs are in relationships in general and parenting specifically, but there's not a lot about how to to spiritually shepherd and lead your child to a life of faith. And so this one principle that is super clear and and foundational is therefore even more important, but it is crystal clear. And I will say, uh, I learned in seminary and s- since have seen this updated, it is backed up by research. I, uh, I don't know what class I was in. It was probably Christian education in the church or something in my master's degree. Uh and we were we were shown that th- uh studies have done decades long studies by all the major Protestant denominations in America were done attempting to isolate the the parenting behaviors that were most predictive of your child once they're grown living out the same faith as you the parent. And that I want to know that. Okay, mm-hmm. what What is that? And they studied things that you would imagine. And things that you and I would imagine, Harrison, would be predictive of if your son, Zach, who's going to be baptized Sunday, super awesome, um, if Zach will, you know, 20 years from now, be walking with the Lord and enjoying a relationship with him. And some of those factors were, do you have family devotions? Do you bring your church your child and involve them in church regularly, um, uh, prayer at meals. Mm-hmm. Th- those were all, they were predictive factors, but there was one factor that, and I'm going to, f- ah shoot, I'm going to forget mm-hmm. the exact multiplier number. It was a factor of two, three, or four more predictive than any of the other things, and it was something that most of us would not think of and uh it was uh and that factor is this do you talk about and exhibit your faith in the normal warp and woof of life mm-hmm. not formal devotional times yep. not sunday morning although those do matter they they really do matter but the p- most powerful spiritual shepherding uh practice of a parent who wants to hand down faith in Jesus Christ to their child is evidencing and speaking of naming not just being silent thinking in your head mm-hmm. oh i'm grateful for jesus right now <laughs> but being e- uh, a leadership principle is be easy to follow and so externalizing how uh, uh, how an, the faith is a part of your everyday Uh, Warp and Woof life. Um, Hmm. An example could be something, something happens. The dog hurts her foot. (laughs) Hey, let's stop and pray to the Holy Spirit for little Woofie's left paw. Um, That's an example of the child is seeing that, okay, you talk about the stuff and why we go to church in an actual moment that the child cares about little woofie's left paw is hurt and we're bandaging it in in that real life moment the child experiences the parent invoking the presence of god the power of god the love of god and stops and actually prays and puts a hand on and hey hey buddy let's both put our hand on woofie's paw <laughs> i'm i'm stuck in child mode here <laughs> um so what How do you react to that?
0: Um, No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I I remember in one of our staff meetings, Mike, just uh, within the last couple months as we've been walking through together as a Huntersville staff um, a book called How to Pray, um, uh, one of those weeks, uh, Lauren Cunningham, who's a part of the Remix staff, was leading a discussion, just Mm -hmm. said, how neat and formational it's been for her that as their family has prayed together over years, it hasn't always been formal. It's been, uh, her parents exhibiting coming home and saying, Oh, you know, there's such and such a situation at work. That's like kind of hard. Would you guys pray for that with me? That's and then right. they would do this. That. They would do this over seasons. Sometimes she said over years Yeah, and for, for, uh, for the kids in that home, they got an opportunity to see, uh, sometimes over extended periods, things that f- that their family together had been praying mm-hmm. for, for a long time, and then seeing uh, an answer finally, you know, come to that situation, and just really practically living out like tangible day to day faith.
1: And she said, it, the p- formational power in her of even living out when prayers were not answered the mm-hmm. way the family was was praying. So. Mm-hmm. One point to John and Amy Cunningham uh, for that anecdote. Um, This is borne out in Scripture. This this principle, uh, and it is Deuteronomy chapter six. I'll start with verse one. This is when, uh, with verse four. This is when, uh, or verse one. Moses has just delivered the Ten Commandments and other commands as God is initiating His covenantal relationship with the nation of Israel, um, uh, to be his people. Uh, and is revealing God, God is revealing God's moral will, God's providential will um, uh, th- to the people of God. And then Moses gives this, and he says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe in the land that you were crossing the Jordan to possess. At that point. They thought they were about to just cross on over Jordan and go into the Promised Land. You could parenthetically go back and insert 40 years from now. Um, These are the, the, the laws and decrees and commands the Lord your God directed me to teach you so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that, I like this, so that for the purpose of You may live a long life. God's principles, God's commands, God's teaching is so that we may live long, fruitful lives. Hmm. Verse 3. So we're like, okay, yes, we're supposed to teach the stuff to our children and grandchildren, right? And then verse 3, he continues. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is what now we can hear. Jesus was soaked in, these, in his scripture. Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So if we love the Lord, then his commands, his decrees, his will for our life as revealed in scripture will be on our heart. Now here's the parenting part verse 7. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. Impress them on your children. Okay, Moses, how? I'll tell you how. Continuation of the Bible reading. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up.
0: Hmm.
1: Talk about them. How, 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 Moses, do I impress the things of the Lord on my children? Answer, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. What to me is even one remarkable aspect to that <clears throat> is the the uh, Old Covenant, the Hebrew relationship with God was highly um, regimented, you might say, ritualized. There were a lot of things to do to symbolize that these commands were actually in your heart. And yet, when told, when Moses is saying, you, boy, oh, please impress these on your children. Moses mm-hmm. didn't say, bring them to the tent of meeting. Bring them to the tabernacle. Bring them to the temple, and I will teach your children. Mm-hmm. It says to the parents, impress these upon your child. And, and if you're a grandparent, an aunt, or an uncle, um, this mm-hmm. is by proxy. This is a high calling for you. How you might impress these on the children in your life and teenagers and, and talk about them while you're walking, while you're getting ready for bed, walking down the road, sitting at the table. It, it, it's, that, it's that doable. Harrison you might say it that way. Mm-hmm. Every parent who ha- is a Christian and learns anything about God's word, if all you learned were the gospels, um, you can do that. Mm-hmm. That is actionable. It's not this incredibly high bar, oh, I don't know theology. I don't know how to answer the question if they ask me, why aren't dinosaurs in the Bible? That A lot of parents shy away from being the spiritual leader to their child out of fear mm-hmm. that they don't know everything. Well, you know, none of us knows everything. It takes confidence in the Lord, confidence that his word is true um, to simply invoke the Lord. Show your child that it, um, that your faith is real in the warp and woof of the everyday moments of life, and the great thing about this, this is now a mercenary reason for every parent to uh, build a more externalized walk with the Lord, an invocation of the Lord in everyday moments of life it 's mm-hmm. an accountability factor. I say that in my wedding talks. I look at the husband and wife and go, "You now have a mercenary reason to grow <laughs> in your relationship with God through Jesus, because you really need Him to fill you up, yep. so that you can daily, so that you can live out the the vows that you're about to make." Uh,
0: I, I think that that point you're hitting on is super relevant. <clears throat> you know, as uh, I have, I have. Kids in a couple different stages of life right now, but yeah, that can be one of the.
1: I think the, you have kids in four <laughs> stages of life. Yeah,
0: yeah, just just having fun, trying to experience all all the parenting styles at once. um But the college, hard, and then how old is co- the college? College at the top, and then a kindergartner at the yeah, bottom. That's <laughs> so, what I thought. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, it's something, uh but it, becoming there's like a there's a little bit of a of vulnerability i think to, that that you have to bring with your kids that sometimes as parents we shy away from because we feel like we have to be uh perfect we have to know all the things that that it's hard to uh, let weakness in cuz you're you're supposed to be the person that uh has all the answers and knows all the stuff but yeah i i love that idea and it's something that we try to do in our house as well is just make it a uh, a normal part of everyday life of, um, just letting your kids, uh, you know, an example from us just a couple of days ago, we were driving down, we were taking our kids. We we're going to spend the night with Emily's parents down in South Charlotte and we're driving on 485, and, um, <clears throat> we have to fully like as hard as you can slam on the brakes, swerve into the, all four tires in the grass. There had been a major Ooh. accident. Two lanes over, right in front of us. Okay, um, a motorcycle involved. The motorcyclist is we can see is laying on the ground Ooh. on 485. And so, between the slamming of the brakes, seeing this accident happen with all the kids in the car, it, it's it's a it's a, a a frightening moment for all of us. And um, <clears throat> not even not even with Emily and I trying to go, let's check the box on our parenting strategy. We need to <laughs> make sure it was just like for, for both her and I, uh, a decision to just bring our kids in where our brains were anyways, which is we're driving, we'll make sure everybody's okay. 30 seconds later, we're like, Hey, let's pray for whoever mm-hmm. was just in that crash. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they just saw this all unfold. People were yeah. stopping to help, but we just, prayed together for a couple minutes, driving down the road, and I think little things like that where if you are a Christ follower and you're in a situation like that, that may, that, that that might be happening already in your mind where you're just going, oh, God, please be with that person. That, but the extra step. Externalize. To, to Moses
1: said mm-hmm. talk about these things. Exactly. And then he mentioned all these situations in life. That's a great example, Harrison. So for you or any parents in your life or his grand really grandparents aunts and uncles Uh, it's the pray for Woofie's left paw principle (laughs) of the Bible (laughs) hey love you all great to talk to you today's podcast we'll see you next time
0: see you next time